I know, me too. It's way better. <laughs> so much yeah. better. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the pod. I'm here with Stephen and Sean from Follow Me Dark. And if you haven't checked out their band, please do. They are. How do you guys? Des- I mean, how do you guys describe your music? It's a mix of it's kind of a mix of uh, a lot of different stuff, huh? Yeah. Shall I try to tackle? Go that for one? it. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to pin it down. Uh, it's definitely some rock, some metal elements. It's metal-ish. Metal-ish. It's yeah. not full-on metal. But there's some heavier parts, there's some melodic parts, there's some emotional parts. Yeah, it's definitely emotional. There's there's a lot of softer parts, more textural parts. I mean, it's definitely got some post-rock elements mm-hmm. too, where it's it, it's very like a journey. It's kind of a journey. Yeah. I like I like yeah. bands that you know they don't have to. You guys have some songs that are shorter and a little bit more like hook, like melody driven. Some that are a little bit more longer and exploratory. A little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we we talk. I mean, within the band. I mean, we're a rock band, so. Yeah. So one thing that we're always talking about is, you know, being a rock band in the year 2021. Yeah, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, um, it's... <laughs> it's an it's almost like we're we're kind of t- taking up an old, yeah. almost obsolete art form at this point. Yeah. Um, and trying to still push it in new directions is very challenging. Um, but also just playing in a band, you kind of uh, get re-energized about how exciting. Um, the music is at its fundamental level, like loud yeah. guitars, loud drums, yeah, and, you know that kind of cathartic screaming. Fuck yeah! That. Like you said, definitely a, a rock band. Right, right, definitely. Word. Yeah. Um, well, we wanted to talk about like a lot of different stuff today: politics, music, culture. I mean, we can really go all anywhere. Over place, yeah. All over NBA the place. NBA trade deadline. <laughs> <Coming up. laughs> who are the kings gonna? Who are the kings gonna pay way too much money for this year? Yeah, right. Heard uh, Bagley's trying to leave. Man. I hope he leaves. I, sent him, I put messages on his Instagram when he's making rap and he's making music. I'm like, you're not a fucking rapper, dude. <laughs> are you stalking Marvin Bagley? I follow him. I mean, I just talk a little bit. <laughs> I follow. <You> see, <laughs> see, here's the thing with like NBA guys, right? It's I'm 29, so they're all younger than me. So That's I feel true. like I can offer him a little. A a little wisdom oh yeah not, well not wisdom but like a little bit like i think the shit talking is deserved sometimes perspective mm-hmm. yeah quit making rap and start making we haven't made the playoffs in 20 years like yeah. get, get to it make like, buckets yeah make buckets bro. <laughs> right right yeah right. um shit yeah so uh kind of what's on your mind you guys like why did you want to have this conversation yeah it's in, been a in the first place and yeah. yeah it's been a long time coming we've been talking about yeah. this for i don't know a month and a half or so two yeah. months maybe yeah and yeah, I'm glad we did it in person. It's nice, definitely. First in, first technically in person, yeah. in person pod. Nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, welcome, welcome to our home. Yeah, yeah. this is the dark this mansion. Good, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been nice for us in the band to also live together, and so like throughout the whole COVID thing to be able to oh, that's the best. You know, stay in the same room and stay making music. And yeah, that's been really. You know, we finished our album during the quarantine. Yeah, we right? never we never stopped. Yeah, yeah it's good. Kept it's, going. It's right. been lucky for us, but Keep it's also down. Focus on what's important. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But it's you know, I we sympathize with all the people who you know their lives have been totally disrupted by this and by not being able to be in the physical room with their bandmates yeah. or with you know their yeah. collaborating you know anybody you know totally. whatever we have an advantage in that aspect yeah. yeah i love when i was when i was playing well when tree village was around and like i was playing more music living with living with your band guy at least it was always like th- at least three of four of us were living yeah. together it's fun and yeah. it was awesome because because <laughs> yeah. in that you can just take advantage of like feel you know it could be like nine o'clock at night or yeah. whatever and we're just like yeah let's just Somebody like bust just has a co- riff. Yeah, yeah you know it's cool so it's like you're always working right and you know it 
in a perfect world, you've got some sort of system where it's like all of that isn't going to waste. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of times yeah. we would just get drunk or stoned and yeah. we'd work on something cool and we'd forget to record it. Yeah. We yeah, eventually put up a big whiteboard and we're like, yeah. I do, you know, you know. Yeah, we got our whiteboard right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you do have to document. And uh, the nice thing is we've got, you know, three out of the four of us are songwriters and generating musical material. Uh, and I would say Jim, our drummer, is a songwriter as well. He's just not like bringing us like, here's a riff. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's good. You kind of need a mix of, um, you kind of need a mix of both, I think. You yeah. know, it's like if you have everyone... Yeah, like, well, it's 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 a it's a matter of like finding that collaborative space where you're it's a give and take and you're listening and you're also offering yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and respecting. What's well, when going like on. you know, if someone comes to the someone comes to practice like, hey, I've got a full song and plays it for the band and it like fits your sound, you know, or or like doesn't fit your whatever that me, may mean, but mm -hmm. like it's a place where you can work together to. I mean, that's great right. to me. It's I've always been like, well, that's awesome because you know we need new songs and. It's one less song I have to write. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. in a way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, for me, it's a godsend. It's yeah. it's great because my last project uh, in Chicago was more or less like a solo project in terms of the songwriting yeah. and the material. It's all on your shoulders. Huh? It, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and like that's what I'm doing right now, and it's like I like the fact that I can play whatever I want, mm -hmm. and I can like I have the. It's a give and it take, though, right? But I need I need yeah. that other yeah. I need the insight and input, and you know, some I'll play a part the way I'll play a part, and you know someone will come come in and you know, they'll they'll play something that I hadn't even thought of that sounds even better. So that's how we wrote an album right yeah. there. We just had a little parts and then someone else has a little thing and yeah. smashing mm -hmm. things together and mm -hmm. that's, piece that's by the best piece. Way. Yeah. So so what do you guys think like shows will be like when COVID you think that oh, uh, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be <laughs> You think it's gonna insane. be crazy? There's a lot of yeah. pent up energy out yeah. there. Pent so up think... sexual energy too. People are gonna oh be my God. It's gonna be <laughs> lots of drinking, yeah. yeah, loud music. I think, yeah. You know, I think the it's question, gonna get out of control. <laughs> the question we're gonna see is like it, is it gonna be is this like a new normal where there's gonna be a new wave every few months, even with the people getting vaccines and people yeah. getting antibodies? And it's gonna be like up and down still. Yeah. Like, you know, that we could be dealing with, you know, smaller capacities and distancing and drive-in events you know that could be the new normal for at least a little while and, there'd be yeah. more outdoor events though outdoor events yeah outdoor events is cool i mean i'm all for that yeah and especially I, with summer coming up right now i feel like a lot of people festivals. are itching for that yeah and there's a proper way to do that i'm sure outdoors well maybe some people will always want to wear masks and will want to like you know enforce their own distancing to where they can where it's like okay i'm gonna hang to the back or yeah. i'm gonna kind of be in my own little zone over here and other right. people won't care as much. There should know, right? be room for that too, so everyone can come out and go yeah. to, go to a damn show. You know, you have like the you have like the uh, put up like a barricade. It's like COVID, still afraid of COVID over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanting to fucking yeah. party and mosh and rage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is kind I of where we're going. That's what they should. That's what they should. I mean, yeah. I had someone who who works. Uh, a friend of mine works in the medical industry and he was telling me like yeah there's probably going to be another strain in the next three months and the next three months after that and i was just thinking i was like well at some point people are going to say fuck it and they're not going to want to deal with whatever this new strain is even if i mean, I mean some people so, have said that from the beginning oh yeah some people said that from a the lot beginning. of people i mean i've that my tunes definitely changed and not to say mm -hmm. that i you know again it's like I am my own person, and I'm, I'm I have my opinions and all that shit. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm like listen to a lot of people, but you know the way that like our state—not to pivot like too quick into politics, but mm -hmm. like 
Whoa. Yeah. 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 We're musicians. No, I know. <laughs> but I went from feeling like, okay, this is uh, this is something we all need to take seriously and do our part. You know, let's shut down the state and like let's let's see how bad it is first. Mm-hmm. And then by summer, I was like, okay, I think that they're. I think one we like California totally missed the mark on how they were supposed to. Like they had. Arco Arena and all of these facilities set up for overflow that never got used. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and then all of a sudden it's like we're shut right back down again. And I think it's almost like the conversation about whether or not the like what is actually worse for the most amount of people is really hard conversation to have because yeah. COVID kills old people generally, you know, like for the most part. And but the economy shut down for the whole like everybody else and so you know you can't make the argument open up because what you're essentially saying is kill my grandma to some people yeah, and yeah, you can't yeah. make the other case it's just a total cluster it is it is yeah i mean i would say that it's uh you know this is a pretty unprecedented situation and i've always like for me personally like you know everyone likes to rag on the governor and i get it and, yeah <laughs> and I, I do you know i get it but i also feel like how how can you be in damned that job you do, damned if you don't. yeah how yeah. can you please anybody you in that in that role no. i mean because because you could you could make the argument that the best course of action would have been like a nationwide like lockdown for totally. like six to eight weeks like right. right at the beginning yeah and but the reality is like if that had happened people would have gone apeshit about it because Fuck yeah because even the shutdown we did in california back in march of last year yeah. like at the time people were like this is the end of the world yeah, this is yeah. extreme right and so i mean you know it, People aren't didn't don't have the operational vocabulary of how to deal with a situation like this because no. it's not something we've dealt with. So I think we've learned a lot from it, but I, I also don't personally really know what the best way is or has been. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just try to you know be co- I, I just try to be cognizant of the people around me and their concerns. You totally. know, if I'm around somebody who's older or who has a weakened immune system, like right. I, I have no problem wearing a mask and distancing oh, yeah. and stuff, you know. Yeah, it's interesting what hills people are willing to die on these yeah, days. Right. It's, it's really <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's like I don't wear a mask. Yeah. Right. It's like okay. And well, I wear three masks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, you guys are also <laughs> So that's the new thing now, is two masks? I think I mean I guess it was it was suggested. And and I, but I mean my my kind of I always go back to well if two masks actually did, and I mean, I'm sure they do to some degree, like, I don't want to be that guy, but like, from the beginning, I've seen people wearing <laughs> the face shields, yeah. wearing all this shit, you know, going into like, you know, you go into a grocery store, you can't, you can't go anywhere, but you can go into a grocery store where people are touching all the items on the shelf. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so it's like, okay, well, you know, and then you're dealing with asymptomatic spread, which is huge huge in this case so yeah. I, I agree with you it's like it's a totally unprecedented situation and it's a shame that it's happened at a time where people are are so um i mean i guess it's kind of really showed where like america is such an interesting place because if we were to do something like a national man national lockdown mm-hmm. i think it'd be very split 50 50 i mean yeah, there's, there's americans who won't stand for that shit totally they'll fight you yeah. to the death they'll right. die on that and hill it's, and it's yeah. weird because both sides are right in their own weird way yeah. in my opinion you yeah. know there's, and it's like there's valid points but it yeah, comes back to the, the individual too like mm-hmm. that for me that that's the best solution because you can't just put one thing over the whole country yeah. Not everyone's going to agree with that. So it comes down to the individual. Hey, what are you comfortable with? You want to wear a mask? Wear a fucking mask. You want to not go to the store? You want to get delivery? You, like, you don't give a fuck? You want to walk around? Like, okay. And the business owners have their own options to say, hey, we require you a mask. You know, we're going to deny you service or yeah. 
it all comes down to the individual choices. Mm -hmm. You know, these people are living their lives and... I mean, I agree with you, but the counter argument with that would be like, is there kind of a third option of the, the common good? You know, when you're right. dealing with a disease that spreads in group settings. I agree, but mm -hmm. again, that's the template that goes over and not everyone's going to agree with that. And there's going to be... The line, it's hard to find that line. Yeah. And it's going to be so different for, for so many people. I almost go to like, there almost isn't a line. Like, that's yeah. just not going to work. But that's that sounds really like final and like you know, cut and dry, which is not. Yeah, I, I think this whole thing is really like, in myself too, you have to sacrifice some of maybe your principles on yeah. both sides. I think everyone has had to do everyone that. Everyone has, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. Oh, hi, kitty. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's like, I've spent a lot of time trying to dig into as much research as I can and you know I don't have like the vocabulary to understand what's happening right. at like the cellular level so you know you get the you know have to you have to trust what you have to trust the conclusions scientists are making yeah. but even that's hard sometimes and I mean that's how you, you really got that's all you really yeah, got yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know everyone doesn't matter if you're conservative or you're liberal and you know you can find a study that supports your claim right everyone Pretty, can everyone can yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it's just an odd time. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's kind of a broader point there about um, all the way information is being delivered right now and the way that, you know, you can filter your input yeah. stream to to just the sources that you to agree with. you want, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it just becomes a giant confirmation bias machine, and that's what we're seeing, and that's right. why it's become so hard to have dialogue with people because you're either in this that info yeah, stream in or that, that info stream, yeah, and they're, yeah. like, completely different not just ideologically, but even what they're... The, factually. They're factually. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have factually. their own set of facts. <laughs> yeah. right. So it's, it's a very yeah. weird time, and it's hard, harder and harder for me to find, like, um, just, like, independent angles or, like, um, uh, independently verified information. You know, it's just, you yeah. know, the bias is so thick in so many areas. Yeah. It is, it is crazy. There's... Um, do your own research. Yeah, do your own research. Yeah. Um, but And then, and that means... You know, if you read a Vox article about something, that means checking the, you know, it means checking the conservative mm -hmm. one the too, yeah. or looking at it. I mean, that's what's difficult is trying. Like, no one, very few people, I think, have the time. They you know, like I'm. I mentioned this on one of the other podcasts I did. It's like I'm interested in politics. Like I spend time reading. I spend time doing this, and I don't expect other people to in that yeah. in that way. Where it's like, you know. If I have an hour free of my day, or I'll listen, I'll listen to a politics podcast, or I'll do that while I'm cooking dinner, or like you know, I'm, I'm that's just what I'm into. But I know a lot of people, they yeah. come home, they're working eight hours, they have a family, they have this, they put their kids to bed, and it's like they only get what information shows up on their phone. So that was the point of news in the beginning, right? It was like, hey, you go to work, we got this economy thing going on, and like we're gonna tell you what's going on, and then you can just go do your thing. Yeah, and now we're here. <laughs> it's the the incentive of the money advertising on it yeah the incentive yeah. is on mm -hmm. attention and it started out good yeah i mean it's a good idea it is it's, <laughs> it's hard with the news media yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah in theory it's good in theory well yeah i mean it's, it's like you know uh like you've you've probably seen the articles that the ratings on cnn and msnbc <laughs> and even fox news like yeah. everything is tanking right <clears throat> trump is gone yeah and like you know that's why i think the media was so was their golden pony right he, they were so behind oh, trump you know during the 2016 primaries because um, he drove those um crazy headlines and right. like the crazy headlines keep yeah. people tuning in. Do you remember the first? Do you remember the first one? 
uh, when he said that, well, one of the first ones is when Hillary Clinton got schlonged in the in Iowa or something like that. He said that. Well, yeah, he said <laughs> 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 like, I was like, yeah, she got oh. really schlonged. And, wow. and it, like, just, and I remember, like, <laughs> So that's hilarious to me from yeah. like a, not because I'd ever say that. Well, that's kind of why it's funny. I think, it's right? funny. Yeah. It's just so, like, what kind of politicians say that shit? Um, but, you know, like immediately, like the kind of, like the, the, like CNN, New York Times, they all jumped on that. That was all they could talk about. Like, how could they? Yeah. yeah. Like they don't use that. Like they don't use similar language or something. Like yeah. or they never have, or I don't know. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a Trump um, defender. I think there's a lot wrong with Trump, but I think that, what he did show, I think in 2016, there were a lot of people that just said, fuck this. This isn't working for me. Yeah. And that's the decision they made. And I think he was the guy standing there telling them what they wanted to hear. Yeah, he was, he was getting the, uh, the resentment vote, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's the reason 2020 was, didn't go better for him is because he was the institution at that point. Right. And so the people who are, you know, it's hard Still to, it's hard to be a bomb thrower while you're in the halls of power. Right. You know, it's a yeah. lot easier when you're on the outside leading the mob. Totally. Than to be inside leading the mob. Right. Is, like, literally in this case. Well, and he just made it so hard. <laughs> he made it so hard for himself. Because he would just do so much stupid shit all the time. Like, remember when the hurricane was coming to Florida? And, um... <laughs> the paper towels? No. The hurricanes get projected, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, he's, like, trying to spin his narrative. So he draws the big black line of where he thinks the hurricane's going to go to, like project out just because someone was disagreeing with him and you know in, in my eyes it's like i think actually i didn't see that one it was it was funny i mean i think that it's trump is one of those personalities that it's very hard to acknowledge anything that he does that's positive because of who he is as a person yeah and that is kind of the curse of you know his his like personality his, that's what i was gonna say personality has <laughs> the curse of it. and it's like why it's why i could never get behind him because I was like, okay, well, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I appreciate the fact that at the end of your presidency, you like pulled a lot of troops out of the Middle East. Like that's been a hill I've really wanted. I mean, that's been something I've been very passionate about, you know? Yeah. You did um, a criminal justice reform, you know, got, got some nonviolent offenders out of jail. And... Yeah, see, that's good. And even, again, it's like people, you know, people on the, le on the left, I think, are reticent to talk about this issue, but like, you know, we can't have a fully open, you know, should we build a border wall? Should we waste our money? I don't think that's necessarily a good idea, but do we have to have some type of border control? You know, every country has some type of border yeah, control. No. Well, I mean, I think most people like in the Democratic Party would would agree with that as yeah. well. I think it's just, I think the bigger question though is like the uh, the demagoguery and the using... Grandiosity. Well, just like using immigrants, uh, vilifying immigrants. You totally, know, I, absolutely. I, I, find, I find that very repugnant. Oh, I, I hate I, it. And I feel like there's, um, you know, we have to look around at who's in our community and acknowledge that these people are Americans as well. And, right. And deserve, like, a seat at the table. And, mm -hmm. and also, like, you know, normalizing their status would be beneficial in, like, in terms of tax revenue and in terms of you know, policing and just, well, just like getting talent. everyone on the same page. Right. They're it's already like, here, you know, right. they're already contributing. So like, let's, let's invite them to be full members. And you know, I, that's I, think, how I see it. I agree with you in the fact that I think that America's built on the strength of immigrants. You know, I mean, there's people who come from all over the world to the United States that's and why they, we're all here. That's why we're all here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think, I think in Trump, what Trump, he was a bull in a China shop and he just couldn't like, he lit the, <laughs> He lit, he 
amped up the mm -hmm. right, the people on the far right who are really sort of like waiting for someone to kind of light a fire, fire under their ass, and he really amped up all the shit that's going on, uh, you know, justifiably so in some ways with the other, you know, with the other side, and yeah, it's, um, the, the immigrant thing is, is interesting to me because there's such a, there's like a way that I feel like it can get productively talked about that is like sort of like what you touched on, Stephen, mm -hmm. that it kind of doesn't ever get touched on, which is like, yeah, we have to have some sort of, some sort of parameters, but we also have to recognize that like what better way to build a better America than have people who really want to be here become productive members of right. yeah. the United States. Yeah. I mean, immigrants like, you know, per capita are less likely to commit crimes. They're more likely to work two jobs, you know, have families and actually be like, you know, socially conservative also. Like I think right. people on the right, uh, would, you know, a lot of these people would eventually gravitate towards, you know, the Republicans, um, you know, just on cultural issues. So. Right. But, you know, it's, it's, again, it's hard to have a nuanced conversation about this because, you know, it's hard to have a nuanced conversation about anything. Yeah, it is. <laughs> these days. Well, we're outside of the cycle. I don't, I don't watch mainstream news and... Well, I mean, you see it. I do see it sometimes. But yeah, it's not something I'm like following and no, actively like digesting all the time. And so when you step outside of those those two those two narratives, it becomes a lot easier to look at both sides of things and have a conversation like this that's nice and flowing. I'm sure we'll find some things we disagree about, and we'll yeah, yeah, you know. Well, yeah, and that's, that's the beauty of it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was kind of to bring it back to your initial question of like, you know, um, what brings us on the podcast? Like that was what really brought my attention was, yeah. you know, before you even started the podcast, I remember you posted something up to the effect of, you know, you just want to have everyday people sitting down, having a conversation about politics. That's like, you know, actually involves listening. Totally. And is, no isn't a shouting match. Yeah, and yeah. isn't just a talking points from, you know, one party or the other. CNN. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm in following your podcast, I've been glad to see that it has a lot, a wide range of topics and, totally. and you being a musician and us being musicians, yeah. you know, I, I really wanted to high and high and openness. Yeah. yeah. Creative. Yeah. 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 Big five. Big five. Exactly. Yeah, big five. I do. I did study psychology. <laughs> oh, I love, I love the big five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I did a, my, my senior thesis was actually doing running the big five personality types um, against your reaction to images from tarot cards interesting yeah so I was trying to see if like for example openness would correlate to the image of the sun in the tarot which is huh. like this very you know that's very really cool positive what, were, what were there was uh, the results that was I did find a, a, a correlation there and uh, there was another one uh, between like agreeableness and art or something like that hmm. there, was, there was a couple I I had some like administrative uh, issues. Um, there was something going on with the administration at the time, so I only I only actually like I, my sample size was way too small essentially yeah. to to gather that's a like lot. Like some but Carl it, Jung shit right there. Sample yeah, size. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I was drawing on because um, uh, therapists use um, the tarot sometimes as kind of like a Rorschach test, as right. what's called like a projective. Like what's kind of like your initial that initial thought that you have. Just yeah. from, the, just from yeah. the images? Yeah, like you, you draw a card and look at it and see what it provokes in you. Interesting. you know? Same it's... as looking at any kind of art. Right. Mm -hmm. Or any, you know, even to kind of any kind of content, any kind of like yeah. opposing Music. opinion. Yeah. 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 You could use Rorschach for anything, man. Huh? Yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> My girlfriend and I, we did the we did the big five and compared our results. 
which is, and it's interesting to see where we overlap and where we're like completely different. Like absolutely like, okay, so I'm like 99th percentile in disagreeableness. <laughs> so it's like, I'm like very, I'm like very blunt. Uh-huh. Like I don't really like care if I hurt people's feelings if what uh-huh. I'm saying if, you know, and this is like something I'm working on too, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, like I've told people Me that too. I've told like annoying customers at the bar, like, like, fuck you. What are you doing? Get yeah, out of yeah. here. Like, don't, you know, that's and, tough in the service industry. It's tough. But at the same time, it's like, well, you're going to let them take advantage of you yeah, and be crazy. Step over the line. You right. got to, you got to yeah, tell them. This was like, you know, back when I was working at the Holbrook, it was a little bit more of a shit show, but yeah, you know, and then, and then she's <laughs> on the completely, like, she's very polite, very agreeable. Um, so it's like we balance each other out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think, think that's I think that's good in a partnership. I think sure. so too. You don't want to you don't want to like be hanging out with your clone. No, you know, I think <laughs> I think it'd be very I think it'd be honestly really good for lar- for most people to have to understand the sort of biological clockwork some you know or psychological clockwork. Not that you can't change it, but some of it. Well, I we're, imagine we're wired. We're all wired differently, right? We are. And certain things are certain ways, and nature and nurture, I think, are two factors. Hell yeah! Like uh, if. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, uh, I think the mental health is, like, a super overlooked area in this country. And, like, if people 100%. had, if people had like, actual um, counseling support, like, especially through adolescence and stuff mm-hmm. and going into early adulthood, yeah, I think that would solve so many of the issues that we see in this country. Right. Um, like, I was just thinking about the gun, because the gun control issues back in yeah. the headlines today. Right. And I was just, you know... Um, you know, it historically I've been more of a lefty, I guess. But you know, the, as time goes by, I find myself more and more interested in the Constitution and interested in those original rights. And yeah. like, I think the Second Amendment is important, and it's there for a reason, and we need it. Mm-hmm. And um, and that you know, these shootings are are a horrible thing, and people using guns and crimes is a horrible thing. But like you know, trying to legalize guns it seems like you're you're going at the wrong. Symptom, you know, and and those are you're going after the people who haven't broken any laws. Like these are law-abiding, Second Amendment, respecting citizens, and they just want to have their guns. Right. They right. They've never done anything wrong. Exactly. Ever, you know? And a lot of these people already feel antagonized, yeah. you know, by yeah. the federal government. And like we don't, like I just don't think we. It, it's like if you if you try to take guns away from people, it's just going to push us further to the brink of some kind of civil oh, war 100%. scenario. Yeah. You know, there's lots of... That's I another mean, hill people are willing to die absolutely. on right there. Yeah, that's well, a and, big one. And, it's, and <laughs> it sucks because the gun issue, too, is something that would really be benefited by, like, a reasonable debate. And both sides can point to... The liberals can say, okay, well, look at how many, look at how many kids end up dying from suicide or from accidentally killing themselves because you have a gun in the house. And then the liberal, or then the conservatives can say, yeah, well, you know, look at all the violent crime that happens in democratically run cities and guns that aren't supposed to be there compared to my rural small town. How well is that gun control working, right? Well, and it's like... It's a fair point. Yeah, it is a fair point. Like Chicago. Chicago. I'm from Chicago. The murder rate was like 150% higher last year. And they had a a full-out handgun ban, which was eventually thrown out by the Supreme Court, but they had it in place for like 10 years. And it's like, you know, meanwhile, we had the highest murder rate, you know, the highest number of shootings. Yeah. Uh, So go figure on that one. Totally. I mean, again, it's uh, it's one of those things where... uh, (laughs) radical centrism or at least being willing to like <laughs> radical um, centrism. <laughs> i'm radically in the middle someone called me out on or you know a former friend because he like sent me a message he's like it was basically it was basically about my my reaction to like what happened in atlanta and all i was saying was 
let's maybe withhold the race card before we understand everything that's happening, which is, I don't think is like a radical opinion, but I had some, you know. That's a pretty reasonable. In my eyes, yeah. yeah. A former, uh, former friend was like, how, like, fuck you. Um, like, dare you? like all you, like, have you been watching, like you've been posting so much centrist shit <laughs> and I was like, dude, Defensive. I've got no time for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the yeah. center is the new target. Like if you're not in one of those narratives or on one mm -hmm. of those sides, they're coming right for you. Cause if you speak up and say, Hey guys, what if we, <laughs> let's talk about this or like, right. let's have a conversation. Like, nope. And then it's all over. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all in some people. Some well, people you know, are. I think, I think really what it comes down to though, like, especially like the Atlanta thing and his reaction to that is like, people are uncomfortable with complexity. And Absolutely. It's so much more like comforting and reassuring yeah. to, to accept like a prepackaged understanding of what's going on and it the makes narrative. It makes you feel better. It's like, oh, right. okay, it's yeah. it's this bad guy. That's right. And this is and why. This is and why. this is why. And if yeah, we just yeah. did this, then everything would be fine. You know, you know right. and I see that not just on the left, but on the right on as the right well. As well. It's a lot of, and, and it's, it's a lot harder it, to be like more complex somebody that. who's trying to understand all the shades of gray mm -hmm. and trying to operate with some empathy towards all the different actors in the in yeah. whatever happened. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not just... Uh, it's so much easier like even somebody who commits crimes and who does terrible things like shouldn't we at least try to understand this person on a human level as a brother a sister a neighbor you know citizen, totally. and, and maybe learn from it and maybe learn mm -hmm. from to, how to prevent that kind of thing from happening instead right. of just saying oh they're a monster you know oh yeah you fucked up at 18 you're never you're you know you're you're 19 like the yeah. drug thing too is what and that that's a point i think that liberals make really well and they kind of hammer people over the head with in a good way, but it's like the way that we sentence people in for drugs in this country. It's yeah, fucked up. it's so fucked, man. It's and it's really like, up. especially it, now when things are like legal in half the states. I feel terrible still... when I'm smoking weed, and I'm like, dude, someone went to jail for like forty years for this thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah that's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a, it's mind blowing. So there's um, still people in jail for weed yeah, like convictions. Yeah, like for three strikes laws back in the '80s or. And then even, even in California, while, while it's legalized here now? I'm pretty sure, so. yeah. Wow. And, I mean, in, keep in mind, in like 25 or more states, it's still totally illegal. And people yeah. are still getting arrested and thrown in jail right yeah. now for it. When I was in Texas, when I was touring, I we brought over, like, we played a show in El Paso. Oh, man. We had, That's a weird town. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never been there. <laughs> the most cops, the most cops per thousand citizens in the country. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, it's, right on, it's right on the border. It's actually really like a pretty wow. nice city. Like there's a lot mm -hmm. of violence next door in Juarez and everything, but right. like it's interesting because the cops are mostly Hispanic. Like the like sixty percent of the city is Hispanic people. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting, kind of like got an old west sort of sort of feel. Like it's a desert, place. it is a strange place. Why is it strange? Well, like, I mean, I went there with my band as well, yeah. and um, I just remember, like, we stayed in a hotel, and it was just, like, there were a lot of, like, unmarked vans, part, like, oh, yeah. at the hotel. Well, that's, that's, the, pol that's the police presence. <laughs> no shit, a lot of yeah. Totally. And but after, just, yeah. after dark, after dark, the town goes quiet. That's you know, it. at least when I was there, I don't Like, if you're out, you're up to no good type kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just kind of like, um, I mean, the border is like a five-minute drive. Like, it's there, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the big hubs that they kind of focus on. Um, but I mean, when, when we were playing there, it's like right outside, they've got the, uh, they've got the checkpoint in Texas. So it's like smoking weed. That's like a no go. You can't mm -hmm. have it. They'll, they have dogs come around and they sniff Whoa. you. So I, we forgot that. And so I, I had an ounce of weed with me and we finished oh. our show and we were loading up. I was like, dude, what are we supposed to do with this? Blah, blah, blah. Like we put all the oil that we had. We like took 
undid the undid our guitars and put it in the back and screwed it <laughs> nice, off. Nice, nice. But I had all this weed, and so I just went up to a homeless guy. I was like, "Hey, man, you smoke weed?" He's like, "When I can." I go, "Here you go." Oh, <laughs> I fucking made that guy's day, dude. Well, you oh, put the oil God. inside the guitar itself, like in the pickups, or um, we put it in the in the electronics. In wow, the that's clever. Do you remember yeah. what kind of weed it was? Was it like Cali? I mean, it, it was, was like, something good. It was like Cali weed. Way better than any, anything yeah, anybody yeah. else. You anybody fucking else blew that guy's was. mind that night. He went, <laughs> yeah. he went I, to Mars. I smuggled a joint in a uh, in a jar full of uh, homemade jam that my aunt made. Oh, nice. I was going from Colorado back home and I had like you a really good free roll. I wrapped it in cellophane and put it in the jelly. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Smart. Yeah. See, that's when that's when like doing casual Some, like, jail was smuggling fun. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, kids nowadays, if you're listening know. to this, they'll never understand how yeah. good you have it now. Yeah. Because when I was in high school. We had to do some. You know what we had to do? You know we had to do shit. Well, you, well, you grew up around here. Yeah, I went to high school here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, you guys are used to being in a. a it's you know, California. This is where it's grown, and like you know, people who are growing everywhere. Yeah. Like when I, you know, in Chicago, it's like when I was 21, 22, like I would have friends. We would drive to the ghetto, like in the middle of the night. And spend sixty five dollars on an eighth of like the yeah. worst weed you can imagine, just yep. like sawdust type Ugh. stuff. Sixty five dollars. And like risk our lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. I haven't spent money on weed and God, so I was probably sixteen years yeah. old. Yeah. Things you take things you take for granted. Yeah. Or yeah. cow. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Um God, what was I gonna ask you guys? Uh, yeah, so what do you think like so now that we're sort of hopefully coming out of hopefully coming out of this COVID thing do you think that there will be kind of like an easing of tension between people on political sides or do you think people have sort of like mm-hmm. cemented their impression of the other person I, I wonder where we go after this whole Trump saga because that was four years of madness yeah and, and that definitely like read the whole thing up and yeah. now we're like past I, that and it's kind of a question mark it yeah. does seem like so far this year has been like since uh, since the inauguration, like things have settled down a little bit. Totally. So, like, at least you don't have Trump. Trump at least you don't have Trump saying shit. Yeah, yeah, and I've 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 heard that um, um, like the Republicans have trouble using Biden as like a way to ramp up their base because people like obviously not a lot of people really like Biden. Right. But they're not like. They don't hate him the same way that they hated God, Hillary. I, feel bad for him. I know. <laughs> How do you I, follow Trump? You know, with all that madness. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I don't. You know. <laughs> I, again, like uh, he's he's somebody who historically has been considered a centrist, and you know, right. if you look at his policies, you know, in the seventies and eighties, you know, he was to the right of. Yeah, he was yeah. to the right of the party, which was already moving rightwards in those days, the, mm-hmm. the Democratic Party. Yeah. So I mean, you know. Um, what I think that when Trump, one of Trump's major mistakes was trying to characterize him as this like Antifa hard left guy. No, um, which was like I think people on the left were like laughing at that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, immediately people people in like Portland and Seattle and I mean everyone was out in the streets saying like you know, you know whatever the sign said like no no gods no masters fuck Joe Biden type of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean I think that they're, I think like the conservatives have kind of like they're a little bit more like unified in a weird way. I feel like mm-hmm. at least because yeah. I feel like Democrats fight themselves so much. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of like the, the wing, like the AOC and then like yeah. the Biden sort of wing. I think both parties have that going on. Yeah, actually. I guess you're right. Like, yeah. Cause you do have like in the Republicans, you've got, you do have like the Mitt Romney's and the, the more, 
centrist Republicans, I guess, who are like anti-Trump, the ones who voted against him in the um, in the second impeachment and stuff. Yeah, it's just maybe a smaller group um, uh, than the centrist Democrats, which is like the majority of the party still. And you've got the lefties, like the Bernie wing, is still like pretty marginal totally. in terms of the overall. The wing too, yeah. What do you yeah. guys? If you guys had to like, what what would you? What type of person would you vote for? Like ideally, you know, because I think we're in like our like this kind of area that we're in right now there hasn't been obama for me was like for like a two years and then i sort of became very depressed at how he yeah, was actually same. doing and i really want as like someone you know like i really want someone who's like aspirational who can actually kind of like yeah. unite people and i guess i just i'm kind of at a loss for what qualities agree uh, would, it's, would, it's really hard right now yeah it's really hard like i mean like one of my top presidents we like jfk for yeah. that yeah. You know, he really um, that's what came to my mind too. He inspired yeah. people across the lines. He he didn't he, seem like a strong partisan. Fucking shot. Him. <laughs> he shot that's him. True. And you know he um, he had that kind of he was able to like inspire people. And Obama had that at the beginning. And um, you know I think once he got in office, he proved, in my opinion, to be a somewhat ineffective li- leader. And, yeah. People know, call it pragmatism, but I call it. You know, you're not good enough at your job to get what you promised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he kind of took his hands off the wheel like right away and yeah. didn't really deliver because I followed that campaign really closely. Oh, I was yeah. a big Obama supporter. Oh, dude, and I, I voted for Obama and I was like crying. I was so excited because yeah. I was just, you know, I was interested in this shit and I was just dealing with George Bush being president. Yeah. It was a sea change after Bush. Yeah, and um, it felt like it. Felt like it it, it didn't like turn it. out to be as much of a sea change as we all hoped, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, would, I think that, you know, we need to have. Uh, I, I don't know how we get there, but I think we do need to have a new movement of people and leadership that tr- attempts to transcend the typical divisions and attempts to listen to the other side and incorporate parts of what they're saying and, um, you know, uh, inspire and, and lay out a vision for where we can go. I think that's, that's a lot of what's missing right now. Um, I think we got too many too many old people in there too. Yeah. <laughs> no, offense to, no offense to all the old people. Not, listen not to, to hate podcast. on old people, but like no, I, things are changing, man. Well, and, I think we we yeah. do we do need term limits. I think we've Absolutely. got way too many people who have been there for way too long. Just right. you know. Well, and that's that. not ref- the current age thing that you just touched on, Sean. Yeah. It's like it's not reflective of how politics has usually been in this country. I mean, believe yeah. it or not, it's like I think I think right now the median age of a de- the de- average Democrat's like near 60 yeah, if not over that's 60 crazy. that's that's and it's lower for republicans which is kind of actually surprising mm-hmm. but um it's like yeah why should what kind of understanding of my current problems do you have yeah you know i talk to people you know and i have family you know and like we have political discussions and it often comes up where it's like well part of the reason why i'm kind of getting my shit together you know close to 30 years old is because i've been spending most of my income on renting a house, renting a place yeah, a yeah. small place for most of my life to yeah. live yeah. you know it's like this wasn't it, it's not comparable in that sense like, See, that's what the older generation i'm i'm kind of going through that with my my parents generation and then my grandparents there's such a disconnect with what it's either something like they're stuck they think it's this it, they think it's the way it was when they were young mm-hmm. and they look at us and go like why can't you just do the thing I did and be successful and you try to tell them like, Hey, like shit's different, man. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not what you think it is, you know? And, and there's that for me, that's in the disconnect of trying to explain to them like what, 
or maybe why it looks like they look at me and they say, "What what's he doing? I don't get it." Or yeah. something. You know, this is why it looks like this is because this this and this, but. Right. They seem to not be able to well, wages have see it. Have declined know? since the right. '60s. Right. And cost of living has gone up. Gone up. Cost, cost of college has gone college. up. Everything has gone Food. up. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the it's the process <laughs> that started in the '70s. You know, there was a lot of economic turmoil in the '70s. Um, right. That kind of that was the beginning of all the outsourcing of jobs and you know the the disintegration of the the labor unions. Are you familiar with the? Uh, embedded growth obligation, this idea. Mm-hmm. So it's this economist, um, well, that technically is not an economist, he's a math math guy and like a hedge fund manager, but Eric Weinstein, he talks a lot about this mm-hmm. idea that growth, like he makes, he kind of makes the case like this. He's like, go to anyone's, go into anyone's house and their kitchen will pretty much look exactly the same as it did in the 60s or 50s, minus like some like technological upgrades, but like that technology, that the actual physical stuff, was all invented a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so now, in order for these companies to make money, to meet this standard they have of all, you know, continually having to grow. They're not right. inventing anything. They're not right? inventing. Yeah, what they're yeah, doing yeah. is they're, the companies that are inventing things are date. It's, it's data, and it's internet, mm-hmm. and it's technology. And besides that, what? You know, what, what, what are you going to do? Like, and so people get kind of... Like we compare the United States to area times like the '50s and the '40s and the '60s, and go, well, why can't it just be like that? It's like because our whole the whole structure was being built, right? Was like, being built and yeah, was yeah. different then. Yeah. You know, it's like we have to we have to so rethink. We've kind of arrived, I'll put that in quotation marks, in a sense, to like the industrialized world, and like now we have these other things to worry about. Yeah. As so we're not like like you said we're not we don't have to invent all these things like we're already here like we already have microwaves and refrigerators and, well, and all part these of the byproduct i think of that is like i think a lot of people are going yeah well really all i have is my passion so i'm going to do that mm-hmm. because that's all that matters that's some star trek shit right there man. yeah <laughs> but it's like you know it's weird because i feel like it's partially tr- it's true but it's like it hasn't been dealt with like i think that's why or have we just not realized it yet well they were they were talking about yeah, that a lot in the 50s and 60s too like futurists at the time yeah um that you know we'd arrive at a place where you know a lot of the uh, i can just play my guitar a lot of the labor <laughs> is, ta- is automated and people will just have all this leisure time and like what what will you do with it all and stuff yeah. and you guys like do you think ubi is a good idea ubi universal that? basic income like mm-hmm. andrew yang his sort of idea a thousand dollars a month no matter what i man, where does that money money come from that's what I, I'm, I'm no economist but like just like magical like here you go yeah like, he had a i can't remember how he explained what was uh, he his he, argument he, is that it would actually be cheaper than what is going on now i, mean, I could see that it, it would definitely stimulate as as, like, the economy welfare you know? and stuff like that or? yeah and just in in terms of like costs that we're spending on like he, his kind of ideas that it would give people more of more leverage to choose what they want to do like they could sell their rather than like Rather than wait, like raise the minimum wage continually, continually, which you know, in, in my opinion, a lot of the what what most likely will happen to a lot of people is I think that small businesses won't be able to pay employees, and then only large companies will be able to hire. So it's great, like That's Amazon's for it, yeah. Um, and I'm not established, and yeah, I mean. But those so, companies are also going to move more and more towards automation, whereas true. small businesses can't really afford that. True. Yeah, that's also a good point. Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Andrew Yang has stated like it gives people more more opportunity to sell to basically choose what they they have like that padding 
So, so was there like a, a yeah. balance of like, hey, we're gonna give you a thousand bucks per month, but we're not gonna have these government programs, or not all of them, or we're gonna reorganize right. some of them? Do you keep like social security? That, do you keep Obama? Yeah. I, think, I can't remember where he said he was gonna skim from because you know something's gotta be skimmed from. That's or would what, it yeah. be? Or is is he more of a Bernie type? You know, social democrat like let's tax the rich and the corporations at a higher rate in order to afford you know more spending on working class people. Which, yeah. You know, in theory, like, I, I do support that kind of thinking, but, mm-hmm. I mean, fundamentally, though, I think, like, it, th- these are all, like, throwing Band-Aids on a gaping wound. Yeah, like, and if, it's too if simplistic. You, if you take our current structure of society and just give everyone $1,000, like, everything that's already wrong is still going to be wrong. Right, yeah. think about the people that are that are actual drug addicts. Right, you throw $1,000 yeah. at them. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, just I, poured gasoline on the fire, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we need to... Um, I don't know how we get there, and it's it's struck it's it's tough, and there's still that idealist in me that thinks we can get there. But I think it really comes down to adopting mm-hmm. something more like the tribal approach that our ancestors had, where you know people are more involved with each other on the local level, on the community level. That's and, where it starts, man. And yeah. like, and no one is getting left out the way that yeah. people are getting left out in our society there's now. There's a lot of people getting left behind. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a crisis of meaning. That's probably the biggest. Yeah. Like to me, it always comes down to. I think people are really, really, like we're still wired in a lot of ways that we were 100,000 years ago, and we're not fit to deal with, our brains are not, we haven't adapted to this reality. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's like we don't have these structures, like religion, that mm-hmm. kind of told us how to live our lives. Mm-hmm. And for all of, for all of like, you know. And definitely not now. Definitely right? not now, yeah. 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 For all, all the right. criticisms of religion, you know, I think that, you know, I've my tune on it has changed. And I think that a lot of people like just don't have the kind of basic you know myself included we're all work in progress but like just don't have the basic sort of um like framework for how to like approach reality like morality ethics yeah morale everything you know and so it gets so i've been going back and forth on this i feel the same yeah. way like i look back at my upbringing and who i was around and not having too much support around and wondering Oh, you're good. Say it again. I was just thinking like, like a framework morality. Yeah, yeah framework. Like, is that a blessing or is that a curse? And I guess it could be both. But the blessing is that you get to build your own framework, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't yeah. have a religion to help me or hold me back, right? Totally. So yeah. that could be very bad, too, because then you could just, you know, I don't know, go into nihilism or something. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Is nihilism. Well, just well, like we're trying to assimilate all these disparate worldviews and all this new information yeah. And, and there's no real, like, strong consensus of what's going on. Right. And I think that's part of what's so appealing of, like, the political worldviews that people are getting into is, like, it has that same comfort that being a member of a religion does. It's it's a similar kind of part of the brain that's being stimulated of, like, okay, I can just uh, appreciate reality through this lens now. Right. And, like, Tribal. the things that don't agree with it, I'm going to have an explanation for it that fits in with that. And yeah. not have to inter- engage with that. I guess right. that could be a good thing and a bad thing too. Because yeah. like tribalism could go real far, and well, then it, everyone they're killing each other. But yeah. then it could be super productive and helpful, and community and family and you know all that stuff. We're conditioned. I think again, it's you tough. know, I'm I guess I'm sort of like an essentialist in a way. Like I think a lot of what we're going through can be explained through science in some way. And like I kind of see like the tribal impulse is really important for us to protect ourselves. You know. Again, you take it back way back into human history. It's like, okay, we, we 
100 people max was kind of like a main group at least that's right. kind of like the research is or less like, even right? or less yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when you you don't have enough bandwidth and there's not yeah. enough resource there might not be enough resources yeah. for another hundred people so you're naturally inclined to look at mm -hmm. and it's very easy like it's very easy when for example you know you're 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 in like the steps in in Tibet or something and then all of a sudden there's like a, a another hundred people come from like India and they look differently than you mm -hmm. it's very easy to see that and it's very easy to like attach attach something to that like difference in their yeah, identity that's the roots of racism and, yeah you know that kind of well I, I think also too like basic psychology is like you grow in trust uh, you, you grow in trusting people just by being around them with time. Yeah, definitely. And so a lot of people who I think are, you know, have more racial prejudices, it's because they haven't Isolated. really spent time with that group, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, a lot of that is ignorance, I, th I feel like. They totally. just don't know. They right. have no framework, I guess. They haven't had a, one, they haven't had a conversation like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's why I think going back to, like, the small community um, as like a the unit of our society rather than trying to solve things on a national scale right. is, is try to go more local um, because people that you spend time with even if you disagree even if you have different worldviews you grow to trust and respect them right. like over time Absolutely. or unless they're really assholes and then yeah. it's like well it's still better to try to deal with that like head on than just Those say like too. then avoid that person forever I'd still rather like have a conversation about why you're an asshole. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so in the social yeah. world, you know, like it's it, I'm working pe on that. <laughs> <laughs> people that are assholes generally get uh, mediated through social interaction. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't find many assholes who happen to have like sixty friends and be like the uh, yeah, life yeah. of the party. The social butterfly, right? The, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it kind of depends. I mean, I'm sure obviously yeah. there's exceptions <laughs> to the rule. Definitely, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I mean, the so the the small the smallest unit, like, and this is kind of I kind of am I lie along the lines with you where it's like, yeah, we need to start at like a family level, at a friend level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was lucky to be able to travel through the country and see places where it's like all black people live here, and then travel to places where it goes, okay, all white people live here. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, it's like we're all human beings. We all have certain wants and needs and interests and like there's got to be a way for us to live with each other see it's i mean it's so radical joe i yeah. know man. <laughs> you need to tone that down, tone that down. Yeah. but no really it was, it was crazy like i remember going to some places in like indiana and like ohio and i mean i guess more in like bumpkin nebraska and oklahoma mm. soybean like towns where it's like two or three hundred people yeah. and all they do is grow soybeans right so in there you know that is yeah, their one school Totally. Sometimes it's like one grade school and high school, a K-12 school. K-12. <laughs> and it's so known and established that yeah. if you grow up in an environment like that, what is the chance, what what person, what chance is there of you being like Antifa or whatever is like the farthest possible <laughs> yeah, left yeah. of that conservative it environment? Happen. It, does it does happen, happen. but it's, I mean, people generally conform to their surroundings in some ways. Well, would you say, would you, don't you, do you think? Less of a chance than someone living in like Portland. Totally. Right? Well, yeah. yeah. I think it goes both ways. And yeah. I, I say this because you can uh, rebel against that. The band, the first band I was in that was touring, um, we were kind of a punk band. Not, we were more experimental. We were kind of like Radiohead meets pop punk kind of a thing. I don't know. Okay. I don't that sounds great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. We were, we were really young and awkward and, yeah. you know, didn't do a good job of like interfacing with the people we were around. I think um, it was hard for us to like, we were all a little weird, kind of nerdy. Yeah. Um, but we go to all these different, um, you know, more rural towns, more rural areas where they would have like 
um, anarchist bookstores or punk houses and throw shows. We, we, we did a lot of DIY touring. Sick. Um, and you met, we, that's where I met probably the furthest left people I've ever met is like, uh, like specifically in Missoula, Montana, for example, no shit. Oh, crazy. or, um, Flagstaff, Arizona. Interesting. Um, just different, different random towns that we would go to where you find this little collective of people who are like really trying to do like an anarcho-socialist, um, you know, uh, experiment, yeah. like yeah. a community. Wow. That's and, awesome. And, and I, I think that that's where, uh, you know where the left and the right kind of circle back to each other is totally. when you get into these small units where it's like you know you, i think most conservatives actually do want to help people in their lives who are who need help yeah it's not like they don't care about poor people right or they don't care it, it, i think the, the disagreement is in like do we use this massive government apparatus to support right. those goals or do we find other solutions and people look at that people look at conservatives and conservatives look at liberals in ways like conservatives have to, they're assholes because they might they might put more emphasis on like personal responsibility yeah, yeah. you know in my eyes mm -hmm. it's like okay that is because i see i grew up in a more conservative environment i saw that like going to church as a kid it's like there's a necessity for that but there's also a necessity for taking being being empathic and taking into consideration people who despite the amount of personal responsibility they may have people need are, help too people need yeah. help man yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I agree. yeah, yeah. It's got. It's got to be both because be both. we're not super beings. We're human. We we fuck up and yeah. Yeah, we need help. We give help. Yeah. It's, and, and again, it goes back I think and forth, you know? I think the local thing and like you know being living in a small town, I've seen that more and more. Where I've had a lot of connections with people across the spectrum politically and and come to really value that range. Totally. And like come to Tony. <laughs> yeah. Tony yeah. the bartender. No, my stepdad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know that Tony too. <laughs> He's like hardcore Trump. Yeah, and yeah, he used to come into the bar they're, they're and, friends, and, and we right. clicked and, and talked. And yeah, he's a musician, and you know, yeah. he was in San Francisco in the '60s and had all these crazy experiences. And right, um, you know, I, I just think um, we need to have that um, dialogue with each other at the local level. Right, we need to be able to like put our armor down and put our you know swords down, and, yeah, and just like really listen and like connect on a human level totally and, um, that's people don't put those do down anymore that's the that's the status quo is like you always have your weapon you got your armor on don't make eye contact don't you know yeah. rock the boat yeah. be nice yeah. like everything's good pc like and that's that's tough you're missing out on uh i mean the best way to learn is to first is to be able like to listen mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and keep your ego in check and understand yeah. you don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. And no one does. You know, it's like there's a lot <laughs> no of there's a lot of uh, like you, you kind of like you learn. I think as you grow up that old you may disagree with older people, but there's a lot of wisdom that comes with age. And it's like yeah. you know, as I as I've kind of grown up, I was like I was very I was at like the uh, oh god how am I forgetting this the. Um, Occupy Wall Street protests mm -hmm. when I was when I was in like 2008 2009 and I was super into that I was like yeah fuck it all burn it all down because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. where that's where like my my passion and my energy felt it needed to be channeled mm -hmm. but I actually didn't have a I didn't really have an idea of what it was I was I was like actually fighting and I met a lot of people at those protests some of whom were really cool and like I met the guy Daniel Ellsberg who published the Pentagon Papers and oh, eventually yeah. got Richard Nixon mm -hmm. canned. That was very cool, um, but I met a lot of people who didn't really have, like, 
I wouldn't trust you running a Buffalo Wild Wings, mm-hmm. right. you know? Let alone a revolution. <laughs> Let alone a revolution. <laughs> yeah. And so as I got older, it's like I, I value more, like, the business owners that I've been able to interact with mm-hmm. and even, like, come to terms with and say, hey, I mean, I've had talks with, with bosses, like, hey, you know, $15 minimum wage. Like, you understand why people are asking that. And they go, yeah, we understand. Do they understand that we actually will not be able to right. open? Yeah. And so there's, there's like, there's, there's, you want a job or, right. I mean, that's just an example, but it's, it's like, that helped me. I mean, I think about what if I stayed that person I was? A lot of people, I think, do on both sides. And a lot of people have, yeah, stayed there. Yeah. So you're kind of bound to naturally, you know, when you step outside of your own box, you're going to feel uncomfortable attacked in some yeah, way like, you will be attacked you, you will, will be lose especially friends. if you're loud like me i was fucking loud <laughs> i mean i i i've lost i've lost friends on all ends of the spectrum yeah. and i'm not even really a very openly political person these no. days i don't post a lot of politics no. i don't talk about i'm not even on facebook you're uh, a chiller yeah, yeah i i really uh, you know i i i'd rather talk about other things <laughs> yeah. most of the time um, <laughs> especially but, if it's going to get heated you know yeah. like we can't just sit down and talk then yeah let's not do that like, yeah you're going to want to punch me or i'm going to want to punch you type thing what do you guys think that like the role of art is in kind of bridging this gap man that's that's one of the keys right there because like art that can speak to yeah everyone has ears man like we can crosses those barriers yeah we can yeah. write a song that a republican and a democrat likes yeah and, and that's, that's you know our music is we're not rage against the machine you know we're right. not we're not trying to write songs that are going to inspire the revolution we're trying to write songs that are um encourage people to do more inner work you know on a personal level yeah um, and also the group experience of being at a show and totally and listening to music and just it's like, like a, that to me and I, I mean, this is kind of cliche, but like music is a religious experience yeah. in that way. It should be. That's yeah. the way to res- like yeah. respect the, the craft and actually write something that came from inside that is meaningful. Totally. Right. Hopefully you can give that to someone else and they can feel it too. And right. Yeah. It's, it's that's a, the whole point of it. It's it's a role that, you know, it goes back to the, the role of the shaman uh, or the medicine man or the healer, you know, in, in, uh, in, in past societies was people who could go into this kind of trance dimension and uh, interface with the unconscious and with mm. the intuitive and then bring something back they for everybody. Glean something from that. Yeah. yeah. And that's like and the... Some Joseph Campbell. Yes. Yes, <laughs> man. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's like you're bringing back the, the, the golden fleece that's going right. to um, heal your, your culture and your society. And I think I think music can do that and it doesn't have to be political to do that. It's it's really yeah. more of a... Um, it bridges any In fact, that. it shouldn't be political. I mean, yeah. I, personally, like I, I, I respect musicians who are openly political you know some you know I, I love John Lennon and R.E.M. and Bob Marley and you mm-hmm. know somebody but but for me and Rage Against the Machine but like I, I just wouldn't want to do that and like I don't feel like that's my role is to like go up there and like stump for a politician or totally. stump for an yeah. issue it's like there's like political and music's always been like regardless like there is like it's always been sort of like anti-authority which I've resonated with, you know, like I remember I had the rock against Bush CDs and all that shit. And like, you know, it's like always sort of anti-authority. And again, I think that's something that the left and the right can kind of get behind. It's like, no one wants, no one wants Nazi Germany. No one wants the Soviet union. No one wants what leads to that. So let's say fuck it all. And like, enjoy the experience of definitely an individual liberation kind of thing. Like if you look at the rock and roll movement, it was like you know, let's. It was a youth movement. It was uh, it was really about taking power away from the institutions and putting it back into like the room you're in. Right. And I think I think it still has that power and and just like you know throwing shows 
is so valuable and like bringing people together on that level is so valuable. And, um, you know, for us, it's cool cause we have such a great circle of friends here and like, we'll do shows yeah. like, you know, just at our friends have a little, you know, garage that's, uh, has a PA and a drum kit in it and yeah, we do yeah. shows there like and have parties. Oh, and, I can't wait to go to a show again. Yeah. Next and, time, my dear. But like, like, like for us, even if we're playing to 10 people it, or 100 people, it doesn't really matter. It's more about that yeah. experience of like, let's go on this journey as a group yeah. um, and, into this kind of subconscious realm and then come out of it, you know, feeling reset, feeling restored. And yeah. that's, that's what live that's, music uh, can do. Yeah, that's what the name of the band is. It's, it's an imitation. I was like, hey, grab my hand. Like, we're going to go do this thing for an hour or so. And like, yeah, check it out. And be vulnerable. And that's important, too. I mean, how many times if you go, if like, again, if you go to like a bring it somewhat back to politics, just to make my analogy a little bit like stick. But like, if you go and you go to some conservative town, you see a guy playing a guitar, singing about some shit that he's been through, even though you probably don't, you might, you know, you might not have his same politics. It's like he's opening up, he's being vulnerable as a human being or yeah. she. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> hi, hi kitty. That should always be recognized. Totally. And yeah. it's like one of those places where, you know, it's like when I was playing all the time, dude, we had people with, <laughs> I remember when playing shows in 2017, when Trump was still president, I remember playing for people with MAGA hats in the same, right next to people with purple fucking hair. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, this is what, because you like you're recognizing as a human being yeah, that yeah. like what it is that That's you're great. trying to communicate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say that you know, uh, we we want our music to be listened to by anybody. You know, we don't care who you voted for, yeah, what yeah. color skin you have. It's about music. You know what your belief system is. It's like our our music is really. Um, um, it's personal to us and it's cathartic to us, and we think that you know when when I'm. When an artist makes something that really speaks to them, it that's usually when it translates to an audience. Yeah. You know? And so for us, like You're not the only one, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for us, like we haven't really had an audience for the last year and a half because of the pandemic. And it's been, you know, we we were planning on doing touring. Yeah, we had some shows lined up, man. Yeah. They just pulled the carpet out from underneath. Yeah. So we had to kind of go insular and be like, okay, is this music still valuable to us, you know, having been in isolation with it for a year and Probably not more so not doing shows and yeah. not having that yeah. like, you know, the social dynamic of like, hey, we're cool, we're in a band, we're going to the show tonight, you know, we're on the stage. Like we don't have that now. So yeah. that the ego trip is not there. It's right. just like, all right, play your guitar and I'll play my guitar and we're in this room and like is yeah. this worth coming back to and playing every week and every yeah. week? And we found that it has been. It fucking definitely has been. <laughs> It's something it's like I've noticed with well with school and with shows and with lots of things is the value of like what it means to be in the same place with somebody mm -hmm. you know what that what the physical space does to your mindset and mm -hmm. to like your ability to sort of again and like intuit these things from like a very like primordial type level you know you can't I like tried to tune into like a live Instagram show once I could, I could just, it just wasn't my, it wasn't my thing. It's hard. You know? Yeah. Um, what do you mean live? Well, like someone like says, yeah, like we're going live or, oh, yeah. and I got watched a few, I actually saw you, you guys did a show at Cooper's. Yeah, 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 I watched part of that. Yeah. But then again, I was like, I was like, this sounds great, but, but it's, it's just not like being there. I know, it's, it's like watching a concert film the, at home. The totally. lesser version, it's, for sure. It, sometimes it can be great and transportive, especially if you're familiar with the music. But, yeah. But there's something about like walking into a room full of people and hearing the sound from far away mm -hmm. and just like walking closer to it and realizing what's going on and just that, that journey of discovery and of being in that space. And, yeah, man. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. like it, so. 
yeah, we're we're very eager to get back into doing that. Yeah, you know, yeah. we've already been kind of starting to do little small DIY shows with our friends, and that's been going really well. Have you guys talked with any like promoters or people that are booking around here to kind of figure out what their timelines like? Um, they dabble a little, and yeah, it seems like every time there's a little like rumor, a little spark of something like, "Hey, we're gonna yeah. try to do this thing," like things get kind of. You gotta kind of time it's it tough. in a way. It's too. tough with the yeah. venues. Like right. I think with California, the rock venues are not gonna be able to have in-person shows for a little while longer. I, it, I don't know. Yeah, or at least be able to have. They they will have in-person shows, but they'll become social pariahs for it. Right. You I know? mean, there is you know there are places like the Dewdrop where they have an outdoor area already built oh, in. Yeah, that's right. Or there's consequences eye. now for. There's different sets of consequences for businesses' actions. I say that right. Business yeah. actions. Yeah. Well, you can totally tell. You know, if you drive through downtown Grass Valley, you can be like, okay, the people eating inside here, most likely, I probably know who they voted for. Mm -hmm. The people who are out, <laughs> yeah. you know, I probably know who they voted for. Yeah. Um, it's like signifiers, huh? Yeah. yeah, and exactly. And for us, we're in that uncomfortable position of, like, not wanting to alienate or be identified with totally. any, like, movement. Yep. I mean, yeah, keep it um, neutral. But at this point, like we do want to play shows, and yeah. and I think if if we can find ways to do that in a safe manner, and like people know what they're getting into, and they're volunteering to go to the show, like come to our show. You yeah. know, we're not trying to get a thousand people crammed into a tiny room with no precautions. Yeah. We're just trying to figure out what's next. Yeah. We don't we don't know. My dream is to have like a hangar or like a you know like a warehouse. <laughs> warehouse, okay. yeah. Um, I mean. I heard rumors of a place up here that someone had a warehouse in a better city. Yeah, um, across from you know Stardust Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raleen. Oh yeah, she's really cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was an amazing venue. I don't know if she'll ever do shows there again or like what's the deal. But yeah, it was right across the street from Northridge, and yeah, that was. Oh really? Yeah, those. I was like, what? Man, it's kind of sad. It really like I miss, I forgot how much I miss people. You know, mm -hmm. like especially now yeah. that like I started this, mostly just to talk to people or like even just seeing. Like, I went to Three Forks the other day mm -hmm. and just kind of, like, had a beer and talked with my friend. There are, like, actual people around. I'm yeah. like, man, this is, like, energizing. It, like, we're not, you know, we're not meant to, like, be isolated in our houses yeah. without yeah, no vitamin D. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's punishment, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, we, I understand the reason for it, you know, when it has to happen. Uh, but I think everyone should be vigilant about the sacrifices that's that are being asked of them. Yeah. You know? And, like, yeah. at a certain point, like... There's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, if you're going to stay in your house for a year, like, you better be damn sure that it's worth it. Totally. Basically. It's yeah. Kinda... <laughs> when I was, when the quarantine happened, I don't know what your situation was like when quarantine kind of hit the fan, like when it hit the fan last March, I was with, um, I don't know if you ever came to our old Pine Street house. No, I don't think uh, so. It was, it was like, similar to this type of space is, you know, there were, it was like four of us living there and, and it's our other friend was staying with us as, and then it just kind of happened that when it shut down, she was sort of forced to quarantine with us. So it was yeah. just like, that's what happened to me. Too. Yeah. Every, every night we were like making food and watching movies and it was a blast mm -hmm. for like the first two weeks. And then it's like, Oh, and then it's shit, like, oh yeah. my God. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. People kind of developed their own habits. I was like trying to stay in shape and mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it so I started things. building Star Trek models. I, I, saw, I saw those. those yeah, are Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started painting. I definitely regressed. <laughs> <Nice>. Regressed. <Yeah. laughs> no, it's cool, man. 
no, it was it was weird, uh, you know, and and you know we are moving towards a a, a social structure where we are going to be spending more time at home, um, mm-hmm. and we are going to be spending more time, you know, doing things through distance learning or you know working at home and stuff like that. Um, right. So I think it's you know uh, it's like the movie uh, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I actually didn't see the movie. I but, didn't see it. I know the. But premise. you know, like everyone's in their own little box, little shithole. Yeah. yeah. And then they they put on their VR headset and they're in this like amazing world, but like everyone's yeah. like living in this crappy little like like a shipping container. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that. I'm afraid that that is the direction we're heading in. Is like people are going to get so much. Um, they're going to get so much like um, stimulation from these kind of virtual digital inputs yeah that but they need the, the actual living part in the physical reality is going to doesn't be, add up doesn't matter as much right. it'll be secondary yeah i think we kind of see that already too like i was yeah. talking to my girlfriend this morning like about and i think it i don't want to generalize but i kind of see it more amongst like young men in a way where like i feel like a lot of young guys especially in the like quarantine will kind of gravitate more towards like online worlds yeah. and even even like porn shit like that i mean it's just like it getting like your basic dopamine hit kind mm-hmm. of delivered right to you yeah and i think quarantine has made that yeah like i saw a statistic the other day Way more possible yeah it was like mm-hmm. it was it was uh 28 of men between the ages of 18 and 30 uh haven't haven't had sex with somebody oh, yeah, over a that. year and it's gone and it's gone way up from or no that, that they're virgins, or virgins. Yeah, yeah 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 virgins completely i mean i mean i understand if you haven't had sex in a year and it's been you've been locked down but like it's gone up from eight percent in 2014 2015 to 28 percent yeah Damn. and it just doesn't it doesn't track with 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 women and i just was like really curious about that i was really interested in that mm-hmm. and i think that like you kind of see in you know, gamers it is. I think it is the gamers. I also think it's. I, I think sorry, it's gamers. too. Yeah. Sorry, gamers. Sorry, gamers. <laughs> you, I play magic. You know who you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part of it too. It's like the commodification of. You know, it's like no one's going out to the bar or going out and doing anything social to meet people. Yeah. And I think if you're kind of an awkward person, it's like it's gonna be. It's gonna be hard to like. It's double. Is it's even yeah. more difficult now to. Yeah, especially to get out there. post-COVID, post-COVID, yeah. even pre-COVID. Yeah, it's you like saw that Tinder trend. and all that shit. Yeah, it's people like, are it's on like... apps rather than just like going and actually meeting people. And I think a lot of the the apps, like the dating apps, it's like so much tease. It's like you're seeing all these faces and you're like, wow, I have access to all this. And it's right. like, yeah. how many actual dates are you getting from this? Well, on the date, well, and for men on those on <laughs> those apps, going? Probably not on well. those apps, it's it's the market is driven by women's choice. So yeah. I mean, five percent of men get 60% of the matches. Yeah, yeah. That is a, I mean, and it makes sense. It tracks with, with like, with data on mate selection and like how, how it is that we get together. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's it interesting. I mean, I could see, like, I never really fucked with any of that stuff because I was just like, I don't want to go, you know, when I was single, I didn't want to go down, that like, ra- really, yeah, just like get involved. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like it'd be such a, it'd be such a like eat compulsion to just mm-hmm. sit there and like judge people or whether or not yeah. I find them, you know, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it, it totally <laughs> is. Um, yeah, but I could, I could just see that like really discouraging people from even wanting to like pursue mm-hmm. any type of relationship and kind of going back again, tying this back to what we were talking about earlier. I think that like, it's really important that people part of like, I, I think this huge culture that we're dealing with right now, it's like, people are so used to instant gratification and shit 
They're mm-hmm. unwilling to even go through the hard times with mm-hmm. someone in a relationship to, to like, realize to get that to a point. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, like it is. It is very important. Yeah, everyone thinks that, well, it's also, like, the saturation of pop culture, and, like, you know, everyone's getting relationship ideas from, you know, movies and TV shows and music, and thinking, oh, this is how it's going to be, and, you know, the reality is uh, human relationships are, you know, very difficult, and uh, require a lot of communication skills, and, like, you're not going to develop those communication skills by sitting there on your phone or on on your couch. You're not going to get that from Tinder. No, yeah, communication. I mean, that is the most important thing. Like, yeah. even in my own relationship, it's like we, a lot of it is just negotiating. It's right. like, okay, you have an argument. Well, yeah. here's what you're going to, here's how you could handle it and make it worse. Here's how you could not. And it's like really hard to catch yourselves kind of in those moments where shit's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. We talk about that a lot as a band, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. being in a band is like yeah. having four boyfriends. Yeah, we yeah, just crossed yeah. two years together as the four of us. Oh, and, <laughs> and, yeah, and it's like, you know, that's week in, week out, you know, and, and right. you know, it, it's a collaborative process where all four of us are contributing to the songwriting process, and it's just endless talking and endless listening. And it's like, a commitment we, of time. And trying to, it's a commitment of time, and it's a... What would you call that? Like a commitment to the other people to like fucking hear them, hear them. and like hear their point. And yeah, that's something. Try their. Sean is really good at seeing that. Like, if two people are not on the same page, I'm just like, wait, we're not. Like, we'll yeah. we'll actually we've gotten really into the habit of like everyone stop talking for a moment yeah. and like really try to catch up with each other mm-hmm. and totally. get, and understand what we're saying. And, yeah, that's yeah. very important. It is. When I was when I was playing the, my main band Tree Village, they're all my best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Bo Lee and Dorian. They're all my best friends. Right. Um, Bo and Dorian are brothers, and I've known their family since I was in like third grade. So basically, they're my brother too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of the conversations sound like sibling bickering, like dude, <laughs> yeah, arguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you. There's not like a sense of like, like in bands that I was touring with, I would never in my entire life come to practice and say the type of shit that I would say to them, yeah, yeah, yeah. like on a regular basis. Because there's like a sense of kind of like decorum and that kind of thing that you have, but right. it was nice too. Like Liam, are you guys are way past that then, right? Yeah, we're yeah, way yeah. past that. <laughs> yeah. And eventually, we stopped playing music together because it was just what we like. Time kind of got out of everyone's hand. Everyone had different goals, but you know, it's something we'll hopefully pick up again soon. But like it was, you know, I was going to say it was nice having Liam being kind of like the fourth member. Well, being the fourth member, but being more of like a. Um, again kind of like a radical centrist like willing to hear all perspectives and willing to kind of be the peacekeeper and you know it really is important to like like communicate and be able to figure out everyone's personalities within when you're collaborating creatively with people too you know what's cool about what music does is it actually tests the communication because i have to explain to him like hey i'm hearing this thing i want to go yeah and then he's like yeah okay cool let's do it and then we actually fucking do it and then it, sometimes what happens is like we don't know what the fuck we were just talking about because we just did two different things, right? Yeah. So you actually get to see the result right. of like, well, that communication didn't work. Like, right. whatever I said didn't resonate, or whatever he said didn't resonate with me. And well, and you have to be able to. There's a trust there in being honest both ways too, yeah, yeah, of being yeah. like, you know, in our, we have basically have a policy in the band of like, if anyone has a musical idea, let's let's all listen to it develop it and try, try it, it yeah. yeah and then and then if it really doesn't work then someone will say something yeah, yeah. We're, we're all pretty direct about yeah. it like uh let's we're not gonna do that i'm not feeling that and sometimes either. i get a little 
harsh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Especially because Elliot and I are like, you know, he's a very, um, he's a very like mathematical type of composer where gotcha. he, he really likes like polyrhythm, syncopation. Totally. He's, he's more of like a progressive rock guy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just kind of like, just play the C. Yeah. Just play it in four. Right. Just right. Stop. Right. You guys ever play? You guys ever play the circle game? This was like our biggest thing that we would do in doing band. So it was like, okay, we've got we've got all our parts written out, but like something still kind of feels like it's not working, right? Yeah, yeah. So what we would do is play the circle game. So like, let's say there's four people. Like, you know, we're, we're at our band practice. You know, you're the drummer in this situation. I'm the bass player. Steven's a guitarist, and you know, guitarist number four is over here. So we go around the circle. So the drummer and the guitarist would play just this part we're working on, the two of them. So oh. the two of us can hear what's going on just oh. between the two of them. Like, the, like the, we, we put the two, our individual parts yes. just together. And then, we, and then, and then yeah, we, would yeah, just, yeah. we would just not play any another mm -hmm. guitarist. And then it would switch. So then the two guitars would play. Yeah. So we go, okay, how are the two guitars sounding? And then I would play. And then almost, almost always it was like, Okay, that's the thing right mm -hmm. there. It's like this note, or that's what's weird, or that's, that's what's weird. Yeah, this yeah. is the feel. Or yeah. This is why it works. This yeah. is why it's beautiful. Totally. Yeah. 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 Sean and I have a, a weird kind of like our our phrasing instincts are kind of opposite sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Like he'll he'll come up with a riff and I'll try to play it back and I'll like start at the one instead of the two like every time. There's yeah, always yeah. like some kind of weird gap. So there's a lot of like really listening to understand you know, where his rhythm is and where it's, the rhythm of my phrase can yeah, complement really, it. Yeah, yeah, it's really subtle and nuanced, but then, like he said, like, to complement it, like, once you get that understanding and there is a solid communication and I really do know what the hell you're talking about and mm -hmm. you really know what the hell I'm talking about, yeah. Then you can evaluate. Man, and that's when the magic happens because yeah, right. then we're like both on the same page and now well, you're you communicating, really can complement that. And because, you're communicating in more than one way. That's yeah, people... Yeah. Miss, for, with you the know, music you mean too, Yeah, right? people yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, dude, I know when I play with someone, you get to a point where I know exactly what he's going to do with yeah, this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or what she's going to do with this part. And you it's just like... coming, right? Totally. Like, yeah, it's super yeah. cool. And it is... It's like you're creating kind of in the moment. It's like you don't know why you prefer syncopating on that beat yeah but you do but you so do. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's your artistic don't license. fight the feeling don't fight the feeling that's creativity is you yeah. have you have to be able to trust that gut feeling and, and take that, it that intuitive feeling and that's that's why you know a lot of musicians are tend to be kind of more sensitive people once you right. actually start talking to them because they're gonna actually feel in that tune with that yeah. intuitive side especially right. as men yeah you know, in a society where like that kind of talking about your feelings is not really encouraged <laughs> still yeah. absolutely now Stinkers. What is? How are we doing on time? We're good. We're uh, you know, we got like you guys want to shoot for like 15, 20 more minutes yeah, or so. I like sure. to try and try and uh, call it around two hours just because. Yeah. Let me uh. YouTube analytics shows me where people stop paying attention. Yeah, right. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we are back. We're back. Okay. We smoked a little bit of weed, <laughs> so we'll make a lot more sense. Well, one of, one of the things <laughs> that I, one of the things I wanted to shift gears towards is like, um, you know, um. We've been we started this band about two years ago, and we have we have no manager, we have no record label, obviously. Um, we put out an album on our own DIY. Um, we've you know we've hired our own promoter, uh, uh, publicist, mm -hmm. you know, um, in the past. And um, one of the things that we really try to look at is uh, what does it take to be a musician in 2021? What does it take to to reach a new audience and what we're finding is it's it's incredibly difficult to cut through the noise yep. of um uh well first of all you know you look at how 
um, media has shifted, media use has shifted so radically just in the last 10 years, let alone the last 50 since the, the golden age of album sales, you know, mm. um, which I guess would be like 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. Um, you know, back then you would buy an album, you'd, it would cost, you know, probably more than an hour's work. It was right. it was an investment right. when you bought an album and you take it home and your house had books in it and it had you know a TV with a couple and stations music. and your music and your record right. player and you'd put on a record and it would be your whole experience while you're listening and you'd, you'd sit there with the, the album and look yeah. through the booklet and get the art and it's big and it's in your face yeah. and it's like there's yeah. this and, and it's yeah. tangible too. totally yeah. and in our generation it had shifted towards CDs but it was still like you'd buy a CD or at least for me, I would buy a CD and I'd listen to the shit out of that. And yeah, I, I'd listen it. to it from front to back over and over again. And even if I didn't really like it, I'd still listen to it because it's like, right. well, I paid for this. And then, yeah. you know. Maybe you don't like all the songs on the, on the album, but yeah. you, you listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, t I mean, it's shifted totally from, like the way I look at it a lot is like, you had the, the MP3, the digital revolution sort of happening in like the early 2000s. And that was everything that's wrong in the music industry right now is on the fucking record labels there it's on the, it's on the industry's hands because they should have anticipated that technology mm. and what how they reacted was they sued that technology yeah. and then it became Master. the norm right and yeah. then you know and then they lost all their leverage to actually be able to protect the artists in this well they basically sold out the artists yeah they sold out the yeah. artists i mean they they leveraged their catalogs um and uh uh they, they basically did it in such a way that the artists had no say in the deals they were making with these streaming services. And, and we as artists, I mean, we've been on Spotify. Yeah. Um, you know, our album came out in December, but we've been on Spotify for almost two years because mm -hmm. our first single was like October of 2019. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we've we've gotten a fair number of streams, but we haven't been paid a cent from any of them. No. Well, have you guys been really diving into the, uh, like, pitching to certain playlists and that kind of thing? Or? Yeah, and yeah. it's a lot of payola. Yeah. It's a lot of you pay, pay to play. play. Yeah. yeah. And, um, like, robot views, or robot listens, bots I should listens. say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of services that you can hire that'll get you, like, we'll get you 10,000 plays on yeah. your song on Spotify, but they're from, like, Armenia Sing or Singapore, or yeah. Or some random yeah, country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love goddamn Armenians listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're no, really no, big in Armenians. We actually, I, Armenians I think we'd be great in Armenia. Yeah, I think so. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've got. But I, we want real humans listening, not like right. software running and. Well, some you can countries. always tell when a band has bought their way when you look at their. So mm -hmm. you know, there's a few. I won't say any local band names, but there's a few um, <laughs> who, <laughs> who will buy, or maybe I should say, formerly local bands um, mm -hmm. who decided to move to LA. Who you know, you go on their Instagrams and they're what fifteen thousand followers. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, how many people engage with your posts? 50 likes mm -hmm. yeah. oh mm -hmm. it's all bullshit yeah you know so it's yeah. like you're creating the facade of success right to try yeah. and buy into i mean it's essentially like the way i look at it it's like you're kind of selling out your ideal in some way well you have to look at yeah. the nature of the art being made in that case too because yeah. um you know something we touched on earlier is like um so much music nowadays is not doing the work that it used to do of really soul searching and really wrestling with big questions and really um, getting more uh, poetic or philosophical. Um, a lot of music nowadays, um, especially that's like popular now is like much more surface level. Superficial. Right. Superficial, you know, it's more about the production or about the vibe or about like, you know, just sensational the lyrics and yeah, the, the, the hook, you know, it's like yeah. whatever makes a good TikTok dance. Yeah. yeah. So you know? 
So it's 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 hard for so many reasons uh, to do what we do. Yeah. And uh, I think that for us, we feel like there is an audience out there of people who actually do want to put on headphones and listen to an album and I'm close their that. eyes. Yeah. yeah. There, there are people who do that, but deep it's, listening. It's, it's it's become more of a niche. Market. Oh yeah. Well, the, the term like I just said, deep listening has become the new term where mm -hmm. that used to just mean listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Like you didn't. Yeah. You know, I yeah. grew up like. It's different now. how I spent how when I was 17 18 like I spent my nights with my friends we would like we had like an empty room in our shitty house where we lived um, like the first place I moved into and we would just have these amazing speakers and mm -hmm. we would just get ripped yeah. and like you know yeah. drink some you know bring in like a pass yeah. around a bottle of Jack uh, Daniels yeah. and we would just Four lay on the floor and yeah. we just listen to like the parts, try and like digest mm -hmm. all the different parts of the music. We did that for the new Tool album. Oh yeah, dude. Out. Oh mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. Yeah, we have done some this floor right here. Yeah, yeah. We've got some yeah. some hardware over here. Yeah, we got to bring back listening parties. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it was important, you know. And I don't feel like I think a lot of the music business is sort of shifted towards like a single driven, you know, mm -hmm. like like I don't see very very many artists putting out like coherent. I guess I don't see very many like popular artists putting yeah. out like coherent, immersive, well, immersive, well thought, well thought out. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it, you know, I, it should be like kind of considered to me and like maybe a electronic, novel. maybe some electronic, yeah, some electronic, and, and some rock. But it, you know, again, it's like yeah, like w I guess what kind of local or what kind of like newer bands or artists do you guys think are doing a good job at sort of. Uh, what? Navigating in Dreaming Ghosts, yeah, in the rock world, like Dreaming Ghosts out of Santa Cruz is a band that we our very first yeah. show was with them, and we lucked out so well to be paired with them at that show. Yeah, they put out an album since then that's um, incredible. Um, yeah, they're they're badass. Dreaming Ghosts, Dreaming yeah. Ghosts, yeah. cool. Check and them out. There's some other rock bands that we've discovered in the last year or two, like um, Fox Jaw, Fox Jaws, huh. Steak. They're like you. I, you would never. I yeah. haven't heard of a lot of these bands. So what I what I've found is like we as media creators and consumers. We have to kind of find our we're, little strata. We're both, yeah. And, and, yeah. and if you're a, if you're somebody who wants to listen to that kind of music, like you have to challenge yourself to dig a little deeper yeah. into who's actually doing that now and it's, who can it's I It's harder than ever to find us those yeah, kinds right. of bands. There's not nowadays, a lot, you know. And, and for me as a rock listener, like you're you're not just competing with the other bands that exist right now. You're competing with the entire back catalog of music, which is all available right. at at your fingertips, right. you know. And so that's. That's another way that things have changed. Is even you're competing with the algorithm too. That that's yeah. another yeah. I know when I'm looking for my music on Spotify, yeah. I basically have to type in pretty much my entire artist's name to even get the hit. Yeah. And before that, it's like because it's lesser lesser known. Yeah, yeah. lesser known. Um, and I think that there's like maybe some like SEO. I don't know if it relates necessarily to Spotify, but like some kind of search engine optimization type. Yeah, so yeah, Spotify yeah. actually trolls the web. We went deep on the Spotify algorithm. Ooh, yeah. Spotify, Spotify, we're coming for you. <laughs> well, no, I, I use Spotify, I like it. I like but, Spotify too. But you have to like understand how it works yeah, um, as, a, as a creator. And yeah. part of what we uh, discovered is, um, so what it does is basically like, it puts every song and every artist into like a, an X and Y grid. In terms of like, I don't know how they define the values that they're using. You have they, like a plot on the graph yeah, of Spotify. It's, it's like a virtual 3D space yeah. where, you know, um, Led Zeppelin is over here. And so Pink Floyd is going to be kind of somewhere near Led Zeppelin in terms of... And like Led Zeppelin's going to be bigger, right? And then maybe like, I don't know. Huh. Whatever else. Uh, yeah, you gotta find that visualization. And then, like, where is the Beatles in there? There may be a couple clicks this way. And it, yeah. It's based on the dynamic, the sonic qualities of the music as well as the listener. So if 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 a lot, if like eighty five percent of people who listen to Tool 
for example, also listen to a perfect circle or Deftones or right. you know whatever. That's going to be grouped together. They're artists you may like. They're yeah. tightly close together in the algorithm's eyes. Right. So you're more likely to get recommended. Right. Deftones or Perfect Circle if you're like all about Tool. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've no yeah, I've noticed that. And then, like you said too, the sonic quality, like they actually scan your song and mm -hmm. it becomes a, I don't know. They're, they look for patterns. It's a your song is like yeah, a wave. They can they can analyze yeah. they analyze the waveform just with AI. Yeah. So, so it's like so distorted guitar. They tell if it's jazz or rock or blues based mm -hmm. on the sonic qualities of it. Interesting. Yeah. And you, so you're also categorized that way <laughs> yeah. in the eyes of Spotify. Yeah. Crazy. But another interesting thing is the popularity, too. Yeah. So, like, people who listen to, you know, Lady Gaga. So, every artist in Spotify on the back end is given a number from zero to 100 based on how popular they are. And it's an algorithm. God, I'd be terrified to see my number. We're a one. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a two. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and each, like, to get from a one to a 10 is 10 times easier than to get from a 10 to a 20. Exponential. So it's exponential. Mm -hmm. So like if, if, if um, most people who listen to, uh, you know, Britney Spears or NSYNC or Aerosmith <laughs> or any of these like giant, or Michael Jackson, you know, any of the huge artists generally also only listen to really popular things. Yeah, I think again, sort of like what we were talking about earlier with Tinder, but with music, like the top 5% of artists, like, that is 80% of the stream yeah. on Spotify. Maybe more. Either. Yeah, maybe more. Maybe more. Yeah. yeah. I think a, a, one of the ways that Spotify could make a huge impact for local or for small artists is have a donate button. Mm -hmm. That's you true. know, the fact yeah. that they haven't done that a to PayPal me. PayPal link or. Yeah, because they, yeah. they started that, I believe, last year when all this shit happened. They're like, artists are having a really hard time, so we have had a donate button. And then they yeah. took it away. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just give fans the option? It should just be there on there with yes. the song. Well, and like, that's donate. the thing. If I was yeah. listening, like, okay, like I'm listening to you guys on Spotify or whatever. It's just a button that gives I just you got a paid. I'm like, yeah, tight. Make it a two click thing, make mm -hmm. it really easy. Mm -hmm. And then you guys get it straight into Spotify. This is what I don't understand, too. Obviously, what Spotify could do in this situation is just take 0.5% of the profits of whatever you donate. Mm -hmm. So you put in $5 and they do what PayPal does. Yeah. And you, and you, or Bandcamp. Yeah, and you get paid $4.80. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not yeah. perfect, but it would be... Yeah, because they are facilitating still. Yeah. You know, they, they do earn. They do. Like, I, I don't want Spotify to not make money. I, I just think... I think what we've arrived at a place where, um, like, if you want to discover new underground music you need to seek it out basically so oh, what, yeah. what we need to real what we need to do as a mm -hmm. collective is realize that we as supporters of the arts need to do more to actually engage with the people around us or or out there um, who are on that level like if if you're not listening to underground music spotify will not recommend underground music to you because mm -hmm. it understands you as somebody who only listens to popular things that are yeah. already established yeah so for us like yeah it's a it's an uphill battle because you yeah. know we're not gonna get recommended to someone who's you know all about Deftones or Alice in Chains. Right. You know, it's like it's even never though, gonna, even if you guys so, have a very similar influence, yeah, it's we, so, never gonna happen. We yeah. feel like people who like Deftones or Alice in Chains or Tool would probably would like find, us, find yeah. a lot to like about us. Right. But um, you know they're not gonna get recommended because uh, we're a, a one in popularity and those bands are a forty or a fifty or a sixty or whatever. Yeah. So. So the algorithm accounts for that. So and there's sort of like a valuing that people who may not necessarily be, like they're kind of outside the music world a little bit. They're like, oh, well, you know, you don't have, um, you know, you're not popular. So therefore, like, you're probably not good. Yeah, you know, probably yeah. a lot of people feel yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate because it the is. best bands are 
every band is undiscovered at some point. Right. You know? And nowadays, too, with so many people creating music, like, I'll go on these little binges where, you know, I, I have my, unfortunately, I have my ruts that I fall into with Spotify because yeah. it's like, there's too much. It's like, again, option yeah. paralysis. But yeah, yeah. when I start digging around a little bit, um, That's you know, cool shit sometimes. Oh, yeah. dude, you find, and yeah, sometimes I'll say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm at the gym for an hour. Um, I'm going to get into this band, which I know doesn't have that many people that listen to it. And then I'm just going to kind of, just jump all over the place and mm -hmm. just kind like of find from, from that from point. there yeah, find yeah, whatever yeah. bands they're into and you know again it's like i have noticed that like if a band has like ten thousand followers or something other bands they'll recommend are in that sort of range yeah that's the same yeah. you know it's not going to recommend a big band but yeah. it's not going to if you're a big band it's not going to recommend a small band right so you can find a lot of cool stuff from there but it takes you have to be more of an active conscious engager. effort so i guess that's my call to action for anyone listening yeah. to this if, if you're a supporter of yeah, you know, yeah. the arts or of underground music is, um, you know, take on that role. That role. Hey. hey, little stinker. Take on that role more of being the person who's willing to do a little bit more groundwork, find those bands, you know, buy their merch, support them, um, go to their shows. Yeah. Um, don't expect, you know, I think a lot of people expect they're used to like the record labels and radio is going to deliver great music to you because that's how it was when you were a kid or when we were, you know, in the 90s. There were so many creative bands that were on yeah. the labels and now. Yeah. You're not going to find great music coming from those channels. You're yeah. just not. You're not going to turn on FM radio and hear like the rock band that's going to light the world on fire. It's not on FM radio. It's, yeah. it's, it's in the sh it's in the clubs and it's in the DIY shows. Right. Yeah, and radio is really like. Yeah. <laughs> what is the role of radio now? I mean, radio was one of the primary Radio's distributors. Obsolete. No, it's man. obsolete. No it's, one listens yeah. to radio. It's like a thing that they keep. For, they forget that they even put it in your car, but it's like just in your car. Right. Because they forgot to not put it in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that used to be one of the ways, like, even, you know, as a local musician myself, it's like, oh, God, you have a song on KVMR. That's something that's cool. Well, I do yeah. love, like, local radio stations. I love stations, local radio, too. I'm just know? not sure how many people still listen to yeah, it. Yeah, it's not that it's, relevant. Yeah. No. So. Before we get off the um, music subject. Yeah. So there's something like Spotify called Audius, hmm. and it's linked with cryptocurrency. Oh, shit. And it's something like the complete opposite of Spotify as far as like um, acknowledging the artists and letting them have their 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 pay, like getting paid for their for their services. Yeah. And through so they crypto? have yeah through crypto. So they have their own currency and it's called audio. Huh. And uh, actually, that's just been blowing up in the last like three weeks. It like fucking went through the roof. Damn, man, I gotta check that out. So, I've been getting into cryptocurrency a little bit. Me too, man. Yeah. I just took a deep dive the last couple months, and nice. it's been fucking mind blowing. Yeah, what's going on? As right the now. Wall Street bet stuff happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think I gotta, I think I gotta learn a little bit more about this. Dude, there's there's some crazy shit happening right now. That's for damn sure. I have a friend that's really into it. Like he got into it years ago, and we were it local. Was, yeah, local guy. Oh, man, I'd like to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you his, I'll set you up with his name. Um, oh, man, that's awesome. But yeah, Luke, Luke was like, we were all at, uh, well, GD Brew the other night when I saw you. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we were all a little, you were drinking a little bit, and then he was, I was like, hey, man, so how much crypto do you have? He's like, enough to give everyone here five, uh, or like a hundred bucks. Wow. I was like, okay. So I just <laughs> sent everyone at the table a hundred dollars. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I mean. Cool. You know, it's like wait in crypto. In crypto, and they just like send it out over, yeah, over Coinbase. Oh whatever. yeah, dude, that's so cool. <laughs> I mean, it does have some really exciting opportunities for musicians because of the way 
you know, blockchain can be assigned to to a digital file, right? And people can basically become like shareholders of the master recording. So that's the idea of it: is that the artist has control of their profile and they can upload tracks as they please, mm -hmm. and people can either donate or I'm not I haven't quite worked out exactly how it all works yet doesn't the traffic generate um, I'm not sure crypto I'm not yeah. sure exactly but I know there's some kind of every blockchain technology is a little bit different yeah it's interesting yeah. it's like I mean the, the more you it's like one of the you can't you barely start to scratch the surface and it's already right. changed by mm -hmm. the time you're kind of underneath and it. And there's four or five other companies coming right behind it who are doing it. I mean, you and Sean could have a whole other episode just on crypto. Because this, guy, this guy's really gone. I, that's probably too much for more let's right do, now. Let's do, <laughs> let's do this. Okay, let's set up something. Get I'll Luke. bring in Luke. Yeah. That was actually... Because oh, I'm a curious motherfucker. I got yeah. lots of questions. Like, I got yeah. lots of fun questions. And if he knows a thing or two... Yeah. Like, <laughs> it looks hilarious. Yeah. Well, oh, dude, let's do it. I'm down. Well, yeah. I'll just say to, to kind of bring it full circle to everything we've been talking about, music and everything. Thing. like for us as a band like to be able to own our master recordings and to be able to put them on Spotify ourselves and to be able to like share that with people yeah. we're excited about that and like you know I like that we don't have a record label and that we've done everything you know DIY basically in our album yeah it took uh, uh, over a year to finish yeah. our album it's it's an over an hour long so it's like it's a pretty it's a piece of art it's man. a pretty neat it is. yeah yeah, and it's it's you know full production. I mean, we really went all out on it. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I think that it's an exciting time for artists, um, but it's just a, a difficult time for artists as well. And like, um, you know, financially, we haven't really figured out the new model yet. But I think it does yeah. involve like DIY tours, DIY mm -hmm. festivals. Like the live experience has to be number one because that's something where you always have a leg up over Led Zeppelin. Right. In our case, because Led Zeppelin can't do shows, or they're mm -hmm. not doing shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we have that at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it can work out, man. I've seen it work. I mean, i've I've been around, I've been around bands who've figured it out mm -hmm. and how to make it work with their jobs, how to make it work with yeah. their friends and their family Everything. and their significant yeah. others. Like, yeah. it can definitely happen, and like it will happen if you're willing to put those years and that time it in is a year and be able years. and be able to yeah. communicate and not have. You know, it's like a lot of where bands get get lost is like they get to a point where they're about to to get somewhere, and then someone does something stupid yeah. or someone, yeah. Quits, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then you got to start, you got to bring in someone else, train yeah. them up. So yeah. just stick together and like, yeah. Well, it helps know. to enjoy each other's company and enjoy yeah, and the friends. music you're making, be yeah. friends, and just totally. like like we're having practice, you know, in an hour and yeah. uh, work on new material. Hey, that's also the benefit of of living. I mean, it's not easy to have roommates. You know, it's right. not easy to live with someone. There's lots of things that, lots of communication that needs to take place. And so totally. that, that's been a little foundation for us, or the, as well as for the band, or maybe it's vice versa, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's helped to like figure out how to be around each other for yeah. extended periods of time and figure shit out and be patient and be honest and open. And mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and again, full circle, Like I think that informs kind of how my political orientation has shifted is yeah. like more towards conversation and towards listening and more towards yeah. you know in-person communication as yeah. opposed to trying to be like the online avatar of some unwieldy philosophy mm -hmm. i hear yeah. you sometimes you gotta take the time to figure it out too it, it takes yeah. a second and like to really buckle down and you know i guess in, in terms of writing music it really you have to buckle down sometimes and like figure this thing out yeah yeah and it takes time I mean, it Patience. takes time yeah 
Good things, dude. Well, guys, thank oh, yeah. you for uh, coming on. That yeah. was a fun conversation. Thanks, yeah, man. It was Hope a lot. Keep doing it. what you do, man. Thank you, dude. Tight. Crypto next time, dude. Crypto next time. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, hit up, I'll hit up Luke today. I'll, I'll put <laughs> him in touch with you. Yeah, dude. His name's Luke Pryor. <laughs>